On Your Life Choices, me, John Deeks, joined by Leon Dolobosco, the publisher of Your Life Choices. Hello, Leon. John, how are you? I'm well, thank you. And uh, we've had some interesting discussions about ageism and uh, inclusion. And before we came into the studio, you and I were having a very interesting chat about it. And you had some wonderful ideas. And we thought uh, we should get Fiona Jewell on the line. And, And Fiona is a diversity and inclusion specialist. And she's here with us now. Hello, Fiona. Hello, guys. How are you? Welcome to you, and uh, thank you for joining us. And and as I said, Leon and I were having a very interesting discussion about uh, diversity and uh, ageism specifically. What were you thinking about, uh, Leon, when we were having that chat? I think, John, ageism, there's almost a stereotype around ageism that it's just a one-way attitude, that it's, that it's young people being, you know, ages towards older people. Um, and one of the things I've noticed a lot in my time at Your Life Choices is that it does go both ways. And we thought Fiona, being a diversity specialist and, you know, interested in ageism, racism, sexism, and as John made the sort of funny line before about anyism and Fiona's into it, Fiona, we were hoping that you would be able to shine some light on ageism and and the, the attitude and, and, and just, just sort of give us a bit more information about this ism as, as, as a broader subject. Well, Leon, I think you're on the money there, but it works both ways. And if I just think about, you know, I, I, I heard a quote just recently, you know, about children, kids, kids today have bad manners, contempt for authority, but they show disrespect to their elders. Do you know who said that? No. Have who you ever it? heard that quote before? No. It's quite famous. It was by Socrates in um, oh, 470 BC. Yes, it is. I remember him saying that. <laughs> I'm the oldest one in the room. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so that was two and a half thousand years ago. So wow. it's very much this kind of, you know, this con- the other. We other people from different generations and we have expectations of them, which are often unrealistic because children are growing up in a different culture to what we grew up in. They're experiencing different parenting styles, different um, educational styles. If we just reflect on our own experience, you know, you think about people pre-war, it was very much a very disciplinary attitude, authoritarian attitude towards education and also parenting. Kids who were to be seen and not heard. And you go into a classroom now and it's an entirely different atmosphere. You know, children are asked what they think. Um, it's collaborative. Uh, the children become experts in, in knowledge because they can access it now quite freely and are encouraged to do that and then bring the knowledge back to the teacher. So, you know, so this really frames the way we engage with the world and what we expect of of other people. So this might be where the upstart comes from. We look look at younger people and say, well, hang on a tick, it wasn't like that in my day. Is it that the people of a certain age, my age, whatever, plus, um, aren't bending to the young ones or the young ones aren't bending to the people in the older age groups? I think we've, this is where we, um, it's e- really easy to stereotype. You know, we have one experience and we extrapolate and think that represents all. I mean, I think we really need to start looking at people as individuals. You know, there's, a, there's stereotypes, for instance, about older people that they're not flexible and, and not adapting technology. But we know in Australia that they're the fastest growing users of Absolutely. Technology. Absolutely, Fiona. We know that from our own audience. They're yes. digitally savvy, technologically mm. savvy. Mm. Um, if they weren't, we wouldn't have them looking at our website every day. Absolutely. And, yeah. That's right. But when we go into work, workplaces, I'm sorry to say something, you know, because I really specialise in workplaces, that is actually a harmful stereotype because when someone, you know, with grey hair comes into a job interview, yeah. that stereotype will come to the fore and, oh, I don't think they'll be adaptable enough. 
I think they might be set in the way. I don't think they can pick up our, our technology. So we've got to separate stereotype from reality. Sure. Talk to me about the different cultural aspects of uh, ageism and uh, thinking about such a diverse culture we have in Australia now and have for so many decades. How has that uh, uh, translated to where we are in the 2000s? Well, we, we talk about different generations and they've been categorised since the, the, the baby boom after the Second World War. We had all these babies being born. So it was this blip, this demographic blip was described as um, baby boomers. And from that came sort of an idea that we can be segregated into different time zones of when we were most influenced by culture. So that's when we started to talk about generations. So baby boomers were born between 46 and 64. Prior to that, and this was retrospectively given the title, the builders, the builders' generation, the builders that built the nation, etc., etc., and then we moved into um, Gen X, which they were born between 65 and 79. Gen Ys, also known as millennials, we might hear that expression. They're, they're born between 80 and 94. Gen Z, which is our most recent um, group entering the workplace, they were born between 95 and 2010. And they've got other names as well, like Zoomers, Screen Agers, iGen. So you hear these sort of labels. The selfie and the generation. might change a <laughs> Exactly, the selfie generation. So, given that they're all they're all growing up in different um, systems, if you like, and norms, we can expect them to have different experiences of life and expectations. But if we compare a millennial, say, um, who you know is um, let's say mainstream um, Caucasian Australian middle class, and compare them to a Somalian refugee of the same age, we really can't compare because they're life experience is so different. So if there's a there's a real danger that we just, you know, oh millennials, oh Gen X and we don't actually see the individual. And this is called intersectionality. It's where, yes, that's what my age is one aspect of who I am, but it's not everything about who I am. It's actually my life experience, which can be quite unique for every person. And we live in such a multicultural society. Some cultures value age a little bit less. Their elders maybe They've been given a license to disagree and argue uh, with their elders, encouraged to, in fact, whereas some cultural groups know um, you serve the oldest person on the table first. Yeah. Do you think Do you think ageism is more of a Western um, attitude, Western sort of culture attitude? Mm, that's a really good question. As in, for, sorry, from the from the younger attitudes towards older people, I should say, if we're talking about it being a two-way street, True. is that more of a yeah. Western attitude? Research indicates that actually it's pretty universal. And I always think of the scenario that we're walking along the street and someone's baby falls in a river. Now, I just think this is what unifies us all as human beings, that we will jump into the river, risk our own lives to save that baby. And I think that's a beautiful part of humanity. Our focus is actually on protecting youth and that future generation coming through, regardless of of, of gender, religion, race, etc., etc. That's a real drive in us as human beings to protect the young. So what we find is when we look at implicit biases, these are the biases we don't even know we have, and we can measure them. So they're not conscious ones. They're not ones that we, oh, you know, millennials, they're too busy eating avocado and that's why they can't afford a house. <laughs> you know, that's a conscious bias. Yeah. Um, but when we measure the implicit bias, the stuff that we don't even know we have, and University of Harvard, West Virginia and Washington have created these tests that you can do online, we find that across all countries, 
participants, because it's a global um, research project, that 80% of it prefer younger people. And that even includes elderly people themselves. I have a friend of mine who's a, a very, very uh, high up executive and he now sends his 22-year-olds into meetings with other 22-year-olds and they will come back and tell him what the discussions were about uh, because he feels that if he goes into a room with these 22-year-olds, uh, they say, oh, who's this old fart? You know, like um, he doesn't know what he's talking about or when he says, you know, that's just not going to work, they go, well, you know, we should give it a go. How does one overcome much of that ageism? Fiona? I think talking about it, I mean, just making it conscious. Um, and, and in many ways, older people... They, that they internalise this sort of societal these these implicit biases. They internalise them and they say things like, "Oh, I'm just having a seniors moment." Mm, yeah. Every time we say that, we reinforce. Yeah. Every time we joke about our age, we we really reinforcing this stereotype. It's words like the grey tsunami uh, as well. I, I read something about this just recently, Fiona. Where the 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 the, the, the term grey tsunami implies disaster being brought on by older people because of the word tsunami. Or even it, the grey army. Mm-hmm. The grey army, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's violent, it's nomads. militant. You it's, think, well, yeah, it's only going to be aggressive, yeah. all these old folks, uh, you know, heading around the country. That's really interesting you say that, Fiona. There are a lot of those um, unconscious or subconscious triggers that, that sort of uh, unconsciously ageist, I yeah, suppose. That's yeah, that's very true. Yeah. That's very true. A great way to look at it is if you find yourself saying something or your friends saying something, you think, well, would that make sense if I said, oh, I'm just having a junior's moment? <laughs> That's I like fantastic. That. That's a great way to test which way the culture, what's reinforced and what we're reinforcing ourselves and projecting. Well, uh, Fiona, as a as a 70-year-old myself, uh, very young, 70-year-old, I'd like to think, but I, I think of how my folks were at my age and it's just so totally different, the, their health, their mental attitude, uh, their activities. It, it is just remarkable how things have changed. When you said a young 70-year-old, that's embedded with a whole lot of meaning. Ooh, you see how that in explain. itself... Well, yes, I, that in itself it reinforces ageism. What do you think I meant? Well, generally people would say, well, young, that's your age-defying. Like we have age-defying creams to put on our faces. We have anti-aging products. Yeah. So age-defying is that you're not like another 70-year-old, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. That's so because I was I'm brought up trail. in the Ponds Institute, so I was very fortunate. <laughs> How does, that, does well, that, how does that translate, Fiona, to when we say they're young but they're an old soul? Ah, oh, that's, that's very great. interesting. That's very interesting. An Go on, soul. Fiona, you explain that oh, one. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had a very interesting, I'm going to jump to another aspect of, um, of and this is a bit, bit about changing culture, so it is actually relevant to this discussion. I read a great article uh, about a teenage girl with Asperger's. And she said when she was young, people used to describe her as an old soul. And she said it's because she didn't smile much. She was deep thinking. She was introverted. She considered things. She didn't like partying much. So for her, so again, for everyone, it's something different. But for her, she identified this as actually reflecting her Asperger's, that she was introspective, serious, etc., etc., etc. And if we talk about Asperger's, this is an example of how this generation is growing up and it's no longer stigmatised. Mm. Whereas 
you know, I'm 56 and when we were growing up, if someone had autism or Asperger's, that was significant. That was a disability. It was never seen as something positive. So what we're finding is that young people coming into the workplace are much more diverse and inclusive already in their thinking because they've gone to school with children with disabilities. Whereas, you know, in my generation, you know, they went to a special school somewhere else. Um, they've got that interracial interaction. Uh, so it's, you know, completely the norm to have people that not just neurodiversity, but also ethnic diversities, different religions, et cetera, et cetera. And we're finding that young people coming into the workplace are actually primed to be sensitised to discrimination, which is really interesting. So this is part of the answer, I think, too. When you have these open conversations with younger workers, they don't want to be ageist. They don't even realise they're doing it. So it just leads to leads to the question, I think, who is responsible for perpetuating ageism? Or me. The, 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 me. The, 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 the stereotype or the term or the attitude. <laughs> you if, and me. If you're saying but that's right. Is it the media? Yeah. It's a good story. So let's 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 go with it. Let's create that in, intergenerational war. And that brings me to a thing, a, a point. Sorry, Fiona. I notice a lot of ageism, intragenerational ageism. Yeah. You know, explain. I've got well, you know, um, uh, people who. Uh, all right, let's just shoot straight. We've got a lot of self-funded retirees who would probably look at age pensioners as receiving handouts and kickbacks. We look at a lot of let's just let's just say it because I can't think of another way around it. Young seventy-year-olds mm. saying, "Oh, they're an old seventy-year-old." Mm. It's it's there's there is a lot of ageism within the older generation. What? Yes. Uh, what do we do about it? Well, your guess probably is as good as mine in that case because we're really broadening the conversation here. Yeah. Um, that It might be about class. It might be about opportunities through life. Someone's self-funded and someone else isn't. Well, what opportunities? We, we talk about privilege a lot in diversity. What was my privilege? And acknowledging that, that maybe I had a bit more of an advantage in life. Yeah, so it's maybe more classism than ageism. Who hasn't heard, Fiona, and also you, Leon, of uh, little children, little tiny children going up to grandpa or grandma and saying, are you going to die soon? And Mm. I've heard that many a time um, because they they see somebody as being very old and they say, are you going to die soon? And with the innocence of a of a four year old, a five year old, or whatever, um, there there's sort of that's ageism, I guess, as well, isn't it? I think maybe the way we respond to it. I'm being a bit slippery here. I think the way we respond to that, we're very awkward about it. The fact is, statistically, yes, an older person is going to die sooner than a young person. So, sitting that innocence, um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not an ageist statement. It's a statement of fact. But the way we respond. The way we respond to death, I think and this is where maybe the West maybe has a more of a greater aversion to that. We don't talk about it. We don't. We, we are re- repelled by the idea of our own ageing and then ultimately death. Yep. Whereas a child isn't. <laughs> no. So maybe we can learn from our little children just going up and saying it as it is. Well, let me just say my response to my granddaughter was, uh, no, darling, I'm not. Not at this time. I feel fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's around the corner, though. So. Oh, that's true. Look, yeah. thank you so much for giving up your time today to speak to us, Fiona Jewell. It's a, it's a fascinating subject and uh, one which we'd like to talk to you further about and certainly, if not this, uh, one of your other isms. I would love to. be delighted to. Thank you very much. Thanks, I've Fiona. I've enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Leon, what do you think we learned from that? I'm not too sure if I... It's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. Um, am I Am I good? Am I bad? Am I 
looking at people differently. I think we've learnt that there's a lot more to learn about ageism. Oh, yeah. I think, I think one of the things that Fiona said is that people are people again, and yeah. we come back to it's how you treat people individually that sort of is the measure of who you are as an individual. Absolutely right. No matter what, That's no matter what, what I age. Got from it, yeah. Uh, if you'd like to uh, to comment on uh, on this particular podcast uh, with Leon, then please do leave your comments and messages on our webpage because that's what it's all about. With 260,000 plus members, incredible amount of people who love your life choices. We love them all. We do. And please continue to tell your friends about this absolute free, free, no cost resource. And uh, it's just absolutely fascinating. Your life choices. Tell them to go on the webpage.com.au. And uh, Leon, as publisher, thank you for joining us as special guest co-host today. John, always a pleasure. And it's always a pleasure having you here too, hosting the show. It's great to be here. See you next time for our next podcast on Your Life Choices. Your Life Choices.